Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. And if you know me, you know I love the 20s era. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love drama and thrills, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? You can chat and play with or against others by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Blinds. As always, it's me, Kelly Williams. And Troy McKeaty. And this is our final episode of 2022. And I think I can speak for Troy when I say this year has been fucking crazy. Looking back, I can't believe that this was a single year. Same. (laughs) What? 2022 was on one. It was wild. And thank you guys for making this like one of the best years of my life for sure definitely the biggest year of growth without any question like i feel this year i feel like an adult kind of for the first time you know i did until i went to my friend's apartment and saw how many like plates they had i was like oh i'm almost there (laughs) you're like i'm still using one spoon all year exactly Uh, yeah there's still a lot there's a lot to figure out but I think this year I, I feel way more like grounded uh, because of this podcast and because you guys have like kind of helped steer, whether you realize it or not, I guess mm. you've helped steer our lives in like a really great direction. And it's just been so positive. Yeah. And because of you guys, you know, I was able to move to New York and Troy and I were able to travel the country together and can't wait to do it next year. Yeah. And we'll be better at it. We'll be even better at it. Our shows will be even better. We will read so well. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) So before this episode, Troy and I made some predictions. So my first prediction for 2023, I think there will be some sort of Keenan and Kel reboot. I don't know how, but I think those two are going to end up working together again, like pretty early into the year. Oh, I love that. Like, what do you think? Do you think that they'll do like a sketch show? I don't know, because I do think Keenan is kind of going to replace Lauren Michaels eventually. Mm -hmm. But him and Kel have done so many things recently. I can't see them not leaning into that. Interesting. That would be really cool. I hope they do. And there's no better time than like right now. They need to strike while the the like nostalgia thing is still just like so intense. For sure. I love that. My first prediction is that there's going to be another, and I'm wondering if it will be, um, I'm wondering if it'll be Hillsong, but I think that there's going to be, like, we're due for another um, church documentary moment. Like, a, you know, usually we'll have like a whole year of like a church takedown 
being like a big deal, whether it's Scientology or Nexium or whatever. And I feel like Hillsong is due for its moment. Like, it cannot remain a blind item. That church is way too powerful and way too in our faces for people to not have any interest in all the crazy shit that's going on there, you know? That's a good one. I I hope that one's true. Me too. Um, my next one is Justin Bieber will quote unquote retire. Mm. I think he's going to say he's taking a step back to start a family. No more touring and maybe have an album later. But I think Justin Bieber is kind of like over that, yeah. which we've talked about a few times. I've been waiting for him to transition into doing something else. Like I've been waiting years to see if he would like, like it's shocking to me that he doesn't act. Doesn't that, isn't he, don't you think that's weird? I think he tried and people gave him so much trouble, but I see him more as like a producer, like a background mm-hmm. kind of person. Yeah. And taking I a step that. back from like performing. Yeah. And he is very, like he strikes me as a very visual person. Mm-hmm. So I could see that. That'd be cool. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for I know. Him. I go back and forth with Justin all the time. <laughs> I know. At the end of the day, we just want what's best. We just want him healthy. <laughs> um, my next prediction is that Diddy is going to get canceled. Ooh, okay. I think Diddy's time is coming. His bodyguard has been really outspoken lately on TikTok. I know. And... When I look at the comments of those videos, I actually was going to post one last night, but I was like, I'll wait because it was like literally last night for me is 3.30 in the morning. (laughs) Um, I'm like, nobody's awake. (laughs) But um, I saw in like a a recent one that he posted where he was like, you know, the Ja Rule story that's Mm -hmm. like viral. And the comments, I was like, oh, people are like ready for Diddy. Like people generally know this stuff about Diddy. They just don't talk about it. And I feel like people are ready to start finally talking about it because he used to be able to bully people and blackball people into not talking about his shit. But I don't think that he has that kind of like that same power that he had in the 90s, you know, for sure. And I think with blind items, people are kind of side eyeing him a lot more. One hundred thousand percent. Like he's such a blind item girl. (laughs) Now, this one's insane. I think Demi Lovato is going to start a family. Oh, really? Okay. No idea why. It just feels right. Do you think that Demi will just randomly pop up and be like, guess what? I have a baby. I think Demi will be like, I'm pregnant and starting a family and I can't wait to be a mom. Cool. I would really love that. I think it would be great for her. Yeah. Well, my next one is just me putting something into the universe that I want. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes when we do that, the shit works. Ashley Simpson is going to make a pop punk return. Okay. We're going to put it into the ether. Ashley Simpson is going to collaborate on music with fucking Demi or Willow or one of these people who has truly stolen her sound. She's going to collaborate with somebody on something. Even if it's just a single, that's a big get. I like that. (laughs) <laughs> I hope it's true. I hope that being on stage with Demi gave her the bug and now she like has to do something. The people love you, Ashley. We do. 
Now we wrote these last week and I said Phoebe Bridgers and Paul, whatever his last name is, we're going to break up. And it was just announced they broke up. They broke up today. So, so I will skip to my, um, I have two left. Okay. One being Harry Styles will be spotted kissing a man next year. <sighs> Where will they catch us? <laughs> <laughs> At Domino Park. <laughs> like rolling in the dog pee. <laughs> And then my final one is Amber Riley will finally have her moment. So maybe that's me putting something into the universe the way you did for Ashley. I love that. I want Amber to have a moment, a real moment, not like a moment, like a moment in quotes. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. I think she deserves like a big blockbuster musical type of thing or even, even Broadway, but Amber Riley, I'm, I'm rooting for you so hard. <laughs> Wow, I really, really hope that that's true. Her voice is, not only is she like insanely talented, she's also so magnetic and so funny. Like, even if she doesn't do something music-wise, like she could do the J-Hud thing and like host, like she could a show. She could host a podcast. Like she is the moment. I agree with you. I just, I hope. She was been on TikTok a lot, doing a lot of interviews. So I try and look like TikTok trends is what could happen in 2023, I guess. Well, this was my last one. I only have one left. Perfect. My last one is that Kiki Palmer will win like a big award because it's time. I like that one. It's time. Kiki Palmer is not just a comedic actress. I feel like she was so great in Nope. And I think maybe we'll see her do something like extremely dramatic because everything she does kind of has like a comedic twist, but I think it would be cool to see her do something like dramatic, like really dramatic, like some Angela Bassett shit, you know? I was kind of thinking for her, I could see her taking over like James Corden or something like a late night host, but I do think she's so talented. Like she should stay. She could do anything though. That's the thing. She could sing. (laughs) She's beautiful. She, I mean, she could do anything, but I really hope, I know that she had a big year, like she had a really big year, but I hope that she has like a, a big actor year, you know? Yeah. So those are our predictions, guys. We will make a little bingo card and put it on Instagram and we'll see if we open hell's mouth again for next year. (laughs) (laughs) Now getting into pop culture, Troy, we got to talk Britney. I don't know if you're sick of talking about Britney, but I don't think we care. (laughs) okay i have new britney thoughts britney theories so i feel like and this is only where i am right now obviously it changes every like 10 minutes right but i've been doing a lot of digging and looking and things and i kind of feel like there's a possibility that britney has like run away like from sam and everybody yeah wow I've seen like like maybe one or two other people on TikTok agree with this. I haven't seen this theory a ton, but it just checks out to me. Like, what if she just wants to get the fuck away? And like the big thing that nobody wants to say is where the fuck she is. Because she doesn't want to be found. And I feel like it would explain the weirdness of her social media and like the weird posts that are like, people thinking that she's like a clone and shit it's like what if it's just that they're trying to cover their tracks because she's gone and sam can't say she ran away from me if that was the case 
That's crazy. That's just where I am at the moment. And like, yeah. if that, you know, and like she's being spotted, like they lied about her going to New York and stuff. And it's like, what would be the worst thing that somebody could expose about her that has nothing to do with health, that has nothing to do with addiction, that has nothing to do with her being in danger. The worst thing that you could do to her right now, the thing that would like hurt her if it got out to the public, her location. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like she's, I mean, and, and also to add to that, what if the people that everybody thinks is so shady, like Madonna and Paris and all, what, what if they like know where she is? It's so insane that whatever's going on with Britney, we're never going to really know ever. I know. It's sad. It's extremely sad. She's always going to have like a Marilyn Monroe kind of thing surrounding her, like a mysteriousness, you know? And like, even up to the point that knock on wood, poi, 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 you know, if anything ever happened to her, you know, it's going to be some weird fucking mysterious questions never answered. Who done it? Like theories, theories, conspiracies, you know, she's like, She's my little human Rubik's cube. I say it all the time. (laughs) But yeah, that's the theory that I'm working through. I would love to know people's thoughts if I sound psychotic. But there is a part of me that thinks that she's just hiding. And those girls like know where she is. And I saw on TikTok that like Paris, somebody, the other person that I saw make this point was like, listen, Paris like openly bought a deep fake company this year. Or whatever. Like she owns a deep fake company because she's been doing that Tom Cruise thing as like a gag on her ends or her TikTok with that like deep fake Tom Cruise. Like what if Paris is just like helping do shitty videos where they're trying to hide her? What if she's trying to hide from us? And we're all so fucking psycho that we're like helping the people that she's running from find her. Wow. I need to like take this in. This is yeah, I know. <laughs> Especially hearing you talk about Paris this way, because I've heard you talk about her in so many other ways. Mm-hmm. But you really do think she's like trying to help Brit out? I think that there's a possibility. I think, you know, of all the theories that and that is the one theory that did not make the rounds. Like when Perez said, like, this is one that nobody's talked about. Nobody brought up the fact that Britney could have just run away. Right. At all, you know? And if all this stuff that people have found is true about Sam being shady and all this stuff, maybe she just ran the fuck away. Maybe she had this planned, you know, like, and she did try to run away before, like that thing with her running out of gas on the street was fucking weird. And it was weird that they gave her a police escort home. Like instead of helping her get gas. Yeah. Because you think Sam's a part of like Team Con and all of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that Sam is a plant. I've always thought that he was a plant for Lou. I think that he was promised a Dwayne Johnson career because she's the career maker. She can do any. I mean, Lou is so powerful. And I don't think people really have an understanding of how connected Lou is and like when it comes to Britney's conservatorship, it's like so many people in Hollywood are involved in it. And I don't know, like when you, when people talk about like celebrities, like their silence being deafening, like 
certain people not speaking up. It's like, because they're all connected to Lou Taylor. So yeah, I think that Sam is there for Lou. I think that him being there has always been weird and shady. The fact that he was like approved by the conservatorship to date her and then transitioned into her post-conservatorship life. It's weird. He's yeah. weird. He's weird. I'm sorry. He's he's a fucking weirdo. You can't like, you cannot tell me that that man is like true, that this is the love of his life. He is a robot. I think one of the craziest stories I heard, Jared Lips, he's on Instagram. He hangs out with like Vanderpump Rules people and does their makeup. And he Mm. was a big part of being at the courthouse for Free Britney. So he met Sam, I want to say somewhere in West Hollywood. And he went up to Sam and was like so friendly and he's, he mentioned something like, thank you for taking care of our girl, you know, just something mm-hmm. like that. And then Sam was on the cover of a, I want to say men's health or Esquire, one of yeah, those. Yeah. And Jared congratulated him on the cover. And Sam goes, I have a whole bunch in the trunk. If you want to grab one, I'll sign it for you. So Sam, his Land Rover, whatever fucking car, Range Rover <laughs> was unlocked. And Jared like went in got a magazine, brought it back to Sam. Sam signed it. I thought that was so insane. And so did Jared. Like Jared was like, what is happening? That is wild. Yeah. He was keeping, not him pulling out his mixtape. <laughs> he said, is- on SoundCloud, do you have a piece of paper? I can write down my link. I'm like kind of mortified. That man, listen, you cannot convince me. A, a suitcase of money could not convince me that he doesn't want to be an action star. He Mm -hmm. wants to be The Rock. And, like, he's so desperate for fame. His sister is really desperate for fame. And I know that I talked about this the the last time we talked about Britney, but Sam is directly tied to Lou. You can look it up. He, through Lady Gaga's manager, Bobby, who he is dear friends with, he is friends with Lou. And they've been friends. And... I think that Lou helped him come up with the story of how he and Brittany started dating and it's changed a couple times over the years. He can't even keep it straight. So I don't, I don't, I don't trust him. And I think Brittany is on the run as Beyonce would say. I guess we'll see, but I like trust whatever you say about Brittany. If I'm being completely honest, (laughs) you're my Brittany Wikipedia. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, of course, the Meg and Tory Lanes court case is going on. And I just want people to know it's the city of L.A. against Tory Lanes, not Meg. Mm-hmm. So this like they're prosecuting him. She's not on trial. Right. But it is so crazy to read updates from that. Even Meg's bodyguard is missing. Yeah. Tory Lanes, I hope you rot. That's yeah. all I can say. And honestly, rot. Like um, 50 Cent, you can fucking rot. Drake, you can rot. Everyone who's speaking out against this woman who was shot. You know when something is like so shocking that like it almost doesn't feel real? Yeah. That's what that is to me. Like it's such a like a slap in the face. It's such a like a clear indicator of the way that we view black women in this country and like what black women deserve and like. It's just, it is insane. Like, it is insane when you replace her with any other white artist. If if Taylor Swift got shot by someone. Could oh you my, imagine? My God, like, oh my God. You can't even, 
like say anything about Taylor Swift without her fans sending you literal death threats. Imagine yeah. if she got shot by someone. Imagine if Selena Gomez got shot by a man. Like by it's another just, person in the business too. Right. If that would be like if Justin Bieber. If he shot her and then we all made fun of her. That it's like it's mind blowing to me. It's so sick. I've been saying that too, like since the beginning. It's just it's so gross. And it's so gross that these men are just calling her a liar. Mm-hmm. No, she was shot. There's video like of blood right. dripping out of her foot. And it's sad that people have had to like come out to support her. Like that all these other women have had to be like, I support her. What the fuck? Why do we even need? I mean, that's amazing. But like, why are we even needing to do this right now? Like, are you kidding we're debating this right now? Like, what? Also, who the fuck is Tory Lanez? Like, are you, like, <laughs> I hate how much I've even had to say his name. <laughs> who are you, young man? I don't give a fuck about you. Oh, makes me so mad. Other people you don't give a fuck about. Megan and Harry came out with their second part of their documentary. Zipping my lips. <laughs> and I will say, guys, we do a happy hour for our $10 a month subscribers. And it finally, I was able to admit I am a Royals person. So I watched it. And there's one scene where we find out that the press person for William leaked information to the Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. And Meg, Megan goes, she goes, that's your brother. I'm not going to say anything because that is your brother. And all I could think of was <laughs> Troy smiling because I know he would love just that one moment. <laughs> that's hilarious I love that but yeah I mean I think Harry and Meghan people are like well they wanted privacy 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 I'm like they wanted independence of their life and safety I don't think privacy had that much to do with it yeah and when Harry keeps repeating you know I saw what happened to my mother I saw what happened to my mother and over and over I think we should listen yeah because I subscribe to the fact that I think the royal family killed Princess Di. 1,000%. So, you know, I think it's, we believe Harry. Do I know if him and Meghan will last forever? No. But whatever. I like the documentary. (laughs) Them killing her is almost like a OJ thing. It's like, we we all know that you did that and you know that we know. And like, that's wild. You got away with literal murder. Yeah, absolutely. We we see you, girl. We see Mm -hmm. you. Okay, so one thing I also wanted to talk about is my current obsession with a little TLC show, the show that has come in and out of my life throughout the years, Sister Wives. I know that our, our listeners love Sister Wives, and we always get requests to do Sister Wives blind item episodes, but I don't think that they're famous enough to have blind items. They're also so messy in public. Yeah, like, I don't think that people need to anonymously write about, like, Mary. (laughs) Janelle. And that's, like, actually kind of crazy because the teen moms are famous enough to have blind items, but not, like, you know, Christine and Robin. But that being said, this is the craziest season of Sister Wives in history. So for anybody who doesn't know, or if you're, like, even just a little bit familiar with the show... They've always presented their family as this like perfect, like polygamous unit and like they figured it all out and whatever. And like there's been like 
if you read between the lines, you can figure out like who gets along and who doesn't. And like throughout the years, we've like figured that stuff out. But this season, the dam has broken, all hell is broken loose, and the family is like exposing itself. So one of the wives, Christine, has officially left Cody and she left the religion, which is crazy. So now they all, of course, believe that she's gonna go like she's gonna eternally burn in hell. And Another wife, Janelle, is like in the process of leaving Cody, I believe. I think they may be separated as we record this. And she's the oldest one, I believe. Like the first wife, right? Well, Mary is the first wife. Okay. Janelle is the second wife. And it's just interesting because like they all have been pretending for years that Robin isn't the problem, even though they fucking hate her. And now they like don't care enough about Cody to like keep the secret anymore. So they're, they're all turning on as the internet refers to her sobbing Robin. <laughs> and, uh, now it's like crazy. It's crazy to watch. And the kids are turning on Cody. All of his teenagers are like done with him. I am so emotionally invested in this show. I can't even put it into words. Like it's all I think about all fucking day, all day. And I don't know if any of you care about this, but Gwendolyn, Christine's daughter, has a Patreon now. And she's doing Q&As about her family and the why and her mom's. Just did you join out. it? I did. <laughs> I did. I joined it last night. How is it? It's great. She does watch alongs for the episode and gives her perspective. And, and then she does like a Q&A about like whatever people want to know. And she's cool. She's like... She just came out as bisexual and she's just cool. She just got engaged to her, her partner. This is like my, you know, people get weird with TLC shows. Yeah. Yeah. I'm weird with this right now. <laughs> That's okay. You support it. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios in Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliei was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she is returning as a judge to find out what two weeks of 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after. Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with internet's best converting checkouts. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% off all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash blinds, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blinds now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash blinds. And I do have to give a shout out to Cara Berry. Everyone's business but mine. She is also uh, very much on top of the sister wife. Yeah, Kara <laughs> loves sister wives too. Her posts about it kill me. Now, the last thing I think for pop culture for this week, I'm kind of over the nepotism like hunt that's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lily Rose Depp came out and she's like, it was actually harder for me. And I'm kind of like, shut up. Like, right. you were born into it. It's not as hard. Right. But like the nepotism babies who just kind of work, I don't really have many opinions about them. Do you? What do you think of the whole debate? I mean, I think it's a crazy thing to be debating because like Hollywood has always been nepotism babies. Mm-hmm. Like all of the older stars that we love are children of stars. Like right. Angela Jolie's dad is a star. Like Gwyneth Paltrow's mom was a movie star. Like, I don't understand. I don't really get it, to be honest. Like, I don't know if maybe people don't realize that or if they think that this is like the first year of nepotism babies or something. But like, that's what Hollywood's built on. Jamie Lee Curtis is the daughter of a like a star. Like, that's Hollywood, baby. I wonder if it's because the new nepotism babies aren't as talented as the others or that's what we think. Yeah, like how we perceive them is that they can be lazy and, you know, they can be like influencers and become famous instead of, I guess, becoming like actors and becoming famous. But I don't know. I don't really get it. Neither do I. And I have to say, I think my favorite is Kate Hudson. I've been in like a Kate Hudson mood lately. I watched her on Hot Ones. She's so charming. Yeah. Straight crush. (laughs) Yeah. I like Tracy Ellis Ross a lot too. Yeah, another. She's on my Queens list. Oh. Yeah. Is your favorite Drew Barrymore? Number like number one on the Queens list? No, for nepotism babies. Oh. Mm, I don't know. It's hard to pick a favorite. There's so many. I know, so it's like it's hard to pick a favorite, you know? I don't know. I don't know if I could pick one. I love them all. <laughs> And they deserve all the success in the world. Exactly. They work so much harder. <laughs> okay. So now guys, this episode is going to be a little bit different because we're going to be chatting about Saturday Night Live. There ha- there's some articles that we pulled, some blinds, but I also think it's just a fun show to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I guess everything from here on out is alleged, even though opinions will be mixed in. But Troy, I need to know your favorite cast members. Well, I was thinking about this because I knew that we would talk about it. I was trying to figure out, like, what is my favorite, like, generation of SNL? And I have to say, even though it's, like, kind of cliche, I really love, like, the Kristen Wiig years. Like, that cast of women. Because that was, like, a solid group of funny women. Mm -hmm. 
there's nothing I love more than a funny gal. So like, you know, the, the Kristen, Amy, Maya, like those years where they were like all Rachel, they were all on the show together. Like that felt like a dream. I can't even believe that that was real. Yeah. What about you? My favorite ever is Molly Shannon. I think Molly Shannon is so underrated too. Yeah. I love Molly Shannon. (laughs) She's so special. Yeah. And her book's really good. If you guys get a chance to read it or audio it, it's Mm -hmm. so good. She's been through so much. But I do think my favorite sketch is Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer is iconic. (laughs) Like, it's like unreal how funny Debbie Downer is. It's And Rachel Dratch, I remember one time Amy Poehler, or maybe it was Tina Fey. I think it was Tina Fey. She said it in her book that Rachel Dratch has the most expressive face in Hollywood. And she said that Rachel Dratch reminds her of like a silent film star because she can just like do anything with her eyes and be funny with her eyes. And it's so true. Like Rachel Dratch just looking into the camera is like the funniest thing ever. She's so good. So I guess for me, when it comes to like a favorite male on the show, I think I dislike it. Dislike the guys just because I know it's such a boys club. Mm -hmm. So it's like kind of hard for me to to really Mm -hmm. rally for them. But Bill Hader to me was really, really fucking funny. Bill Hader is like the one. Yeah. And Bill Hader always felt really um, supportive of like female talent. Mm hmm. In comparison to some of the guys where you could feel that energy of like, I don't know, like that Jason Sudeikis kind of vibe. <laughs> oh, not Just my- remember, Jason is not Ted Lasso, our good people. Yeah, I know you guys love your Jason Sudeikis. I don't know why. Not my fave. <laughs> so I was super lucky. My friend got tickets to go to Kiki Palmer's rehearsal, dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And seeing SNL like live, was so insane. They had five different stages and we were seated like in the upper section, not on the floor. So five different stages, TVs everywhere. So even if you couldn't see the stage, you could still watch it. And I didn't realize they do a full dress rehearsal. It's two hours long and that they do extra sketches because they cut out the sketches that didn't make the audience laugh. So the show we saw is different than the live show. They have a whole new audience in, but just seeing the production was so crazy. I always think about how weird it would be. Wait, so you went to the rehearsal show. Mm-hmm. That's what I always think about. Like, because the rehearsal, I feel like is more like loose and you get to like see things happen. Things, you know? I don't really know if there were things. It was actually like pretty, pretty professional. Okay. Like there were definitely some skits where no one was laughing. Okay. But it was basically Michael Che came out and did a stand up warm up. And he's funny. He doesn't really like crack yeah. me up, but he was funny yeah. enough. And then Keenan ran out in a full like purple sparkly suit and started singing and saying like it almost I don't know what song it was. It felt like a James Brown song, like scream singing. And then three of the actresses or comedians, I'm sorry, were behind him doing backup vocals. Okay. It was just, I was like, what the fuck is happening? That is wild. It was really cool though. That's like a bucket list thing. So what you guys have to do in August, if you want to um, try and win tickets is August 1st, email 
There's some SNL ticket email and you just put in a request and you tell yeah. them what dates you want to go, what dates you're available and you might be picked. You know, that's low key. You know this about me, but that's like my favorite way to like plan a trip. Yeah. I love planning a trip around free tickets to like a show because all of the shows are free. Like the today, the today show, any talk show, any late night show, they're all game shows, the tapings of reality show reunions. Those are free. So, you know, if you like put in the dates that you're going to be in whatever city, you can just plan your trip around a free show. And that's always been my dream to go to a taping of SNL. And for those live shows, guys, um, the website's called One Iota. That's where you get free. Is that where you got your free tickets for Drew? Yeah. 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 You can just go through the whole list of whatever, because you can pick it by city. So you can be like, I'll be in LA. And then you see all the shows that film in LA. And then you can apply to like, go to all of them. If you want, you can go see Rachel Ray cook. If you want. I do want to go to Ryan and Kelly next year. I would love to go to Ryan. I would actually really love to go to Rachel Ray. I wasn't even joking. (laughs) (laughs) So I've never been to a taping of SNL. But my best friend, Katie, her brother is a camera person for NBC. Mm-hmm. So he just like works on like random shows like Morning Joe and whatever. And he worked on SNL. So he like gave us like a little studio private tour thing once. So we were like walking around. This is so funny. And, you know, Jimmy Fallon was like, obviously it's 30 Rock. So they were like about to record Jimmy Fallon when we were there. And as we were walking through the hallway, this person walked through with three like llamas because Jimmy was using them for a sketch. I was like, are those llamas? Like what is going on? And then we went up to, um, this is so topical actually. We went up to go see the 30 Rock stage and Alec Baldwin's show had just gotten canceled. Remember he had that talk show? I, I didn't know about Alec Baldwin's talk show. <laughs> he had a talk show for like a month and then it got canceled because he did something, he did something bad. I don't remember which thing it was. There's so many. Yeah, it was one of the times that Alec got canceled and they were just tearing down his set. And I heard this NBC page. He literally sounded like um, Kenneth from 30 Rock. And he was like, this is the former set of Alec Baldwin's talk show. The show has been canceled, so we can move on to this way. And it was like in the dark corner. They had sheets over all of this stuff. I was like, holy shit. They keep it moving. They do. This episode is sponsored by Factor. With the bustling holiday season well underway, ready-to-eat meal delivery can lend a helping hand. Factor shops, preps, cooks, and delivers to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals during the holidays, minus the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and 36 weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. The holidays are already insane, fully jam-packed, and luckily, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals make it easy to fuel up fast when I'm on the go. And I save time with meals delivered, ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Factor now offers 34 meals per week and 36 plus add-on options like smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what I have going on. Factor is also cheaper than dining out and takeout. 
So you get to put money towards saving for holiday fun, vacations, gifts, you time, and thanks to Factor's commitment to ingredients and integrity, you can enjoy flavorful chef-crafted meals guilt-free like their creamy Parmesan chicken and three-bean vegan chili. And side note, I have tried other prep meals. This is the best one I've ever tried, and I truly mean that. So if you need a special occasion meal, Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easy. When things get hectic during the holiday season, Factor is also flexible. You can change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week, and you can pause or reschedule the deliveries whenever you want. Stress less over mealtime this holiday season. Factors no prep, no mess meals, free up time, otherwise spent shopping, cooking, and doing cleanup. So you can fully enjoy the holidays without wasting hours in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I'm too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track, and this is definitely going to come in handy during the holidays. Factor has everything I need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie size, and more to keep me energized during frantic holiday times. Head to go.factor75.com slash blinds60 and use code blinds60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code blinds60 at go.factor75.com slash blinds60 to get 60% off of your first box. All right, so I found some random gossip from ranker.com. And this one I found really interesting. I don't know if you knew this, Troy, but Martin Lawrence was banned from ever returning to Saturday Night Live after his first outing as host in 1994 went terrible in the eyes of Lauren Michaels and NBC. You know that? Damn, Martin had a tough 90s. There were highs and there were lows. My Lord. Also, can we just talk about Lauren Michaels for a second? Yeah, because when I saw him, I was kind of like, I feel like you're evil. Like, I was excited to see Lauren Michaels, and then I remembered who he is. Yes. Did you ever watch 30 Rock? I didn't, no. So Alec Baldwin's character on 30 Rock is, like, loosely in quotes based on Lauren Michaels. But, like, you can tell that it's just a full-on parody of Lauren Michaels. And, like, his whole identity is that he's, like, this money-hungry, very, like, corrupt like very conservative right-wing asshole. (laughs) Like that's how he's written in the show. I feel like Lauren is definitely evil. And I also just question, like, I know that we're all really excited and happy that like SNL is so diverse now, but like his white knuckling it to make it not diverse for as long as he possibly could is wild to me. Like you literally for 30 years, we're just like, you know, black people, maybe one or two every once in a while. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Even like just having like women writing anything, anything that's not a straight white male. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can definitely tell what Lauren thinks is funny. <laughs> and then this is also from Ranker.com. Um, it says Chevy Chase notoriously and abruptly left the show only six episodes into the second season. Bill Murray was called up to replace him. And when Chase returned to host, the first cast member to do so, he was a nightmare, according to a few of his former cast members, refusing to work with Jane Curtin on Weekend Update, shooting down script ideas and other general jerk behavior. 
We had to talk about Chevy Chase. So apparently Bill Murray had enough of Chase's antics and confronted him about an hour before the live show. Chase later stormed into Belushi's dressing room where Murray had gone to challenge him for a fist fight. SNL is fuck. SNL is a frat house where it just so happens to be on TV. Especially in what, the 70s? That must have been fucking insane. And they already have to stay up for like what two or three straight days. Like the amount of drugs in that building. Allegedly. (laughs) Chevy, first of all, Chevy Chase is a fucking psychopath. Like what is wrong with him? I don't know. And it's weird how people love him so much still. Even after community, like even after like that was so public and it was so recent and the stuff that he did on that show and the way he treated people was so horrendous. It, it must be nice to be an old middle-aged white guy. It must be nice. You just do anything you want. Do you think people like really pay attention though, honestly, or do they just see him as the dad from Christmas vacation? I think that he is somebody that you're like, you feel like, especially as a comic, like you're supposed to respect him, you know? Yeah. And he's like old. So it's like, you think, like the assumption is that you would like respect him. It's just nuts. (laughs) He's old. (laughs) So this is also from Ranker.com. Belushi's widow said he changed his mind later, but during his run on SNL, he refused to do any of the sketches written by the women writers. He was equally unimpressed with the other women cast members. Interesting, as Gildna Radner lobbied hard to get him on SNL. Gildna Radner was a special one. She is special. She's extremely special. Also, fuck Belushi. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Now we said it. Now we said it. Sorry, straights. I know I've offended the poster in your fucking college dorm, but like, oh, like what a dick. And then there was like a really big Reddit thread. It was an AMA that talked about, you know how you can never like confirm those AMAs though? They're always kind of, is it real? Is it not? Basically this person worked on one season and (laughs) my big takeaway was it was when Miley Cyrus was first hosting SNL for the first time. And the person writing about it, she was either a producer or an intern or something. I can't remember. And Mm. she was like, Miley Cyrus was really insecure. And that was kind of annoying. I'm like, she was like 17. And Mm. then she also said Linkin Park was like the nicest guest that they had, musical guests. Miley was insecure. I wonder why as a child hosting SNL. Right. (laughs) And then I also found out that during the filming of Night at the Roxbury, Chris Kattan had an affair with a producer and Will Farrell was deeply offended and no longer considered Chris a friend, only to find out that Kattan later said Lauren Michael urged him to have sex with Amy Heckerling because she wanted to fuck him. And Lauren thought that would get the project off the ground. Did you know about that? I did know about that. Only because I randomly one day was reading about how Chris Kattan had this like really dark, sad life and like nobody knew. And I didn't know that. Like I and I was always just like, what happened to fucking Chris Kattan? Like he was so funny and so talented, you know, so silly. I loved how like he could be the monkey guy. Yes. And he was such a big part of art. Like if you were a 90s or early 2000s kid, 
watching SNL, like Chris Kattan was the moment. He was everything. Uh, and I was reading about how, also I was just like reading about how toxic Lauren is and how he would do shit like that, allegedly. Like have cast members sleep with people and, you know, like CEO shit, like the kind of shit that male powerhouse men do. It's like pimping out his, even his male cast members to random women so that things can happen. It makes me sad thinking Keenan could potentially take over that role. And I'm like, but I don't want Keenan to be that. There's something though about being a really, really rich white guy that is just like, I don't know if any of us, you, you like, there's something demented and dark there that like, I don't think Keenan could ever fully get there. Hope so. <laughs> Not to Lauren level. And then this is a 2011 piece from The New Yorker from Tina Fey. It says, in a New Yorker piece, Fey revealed this horror in her usual style. The bathroom, I should point out, was about as far away as you are from this magazine. I started to feel as if I were from space. Once she knew this was the thing at SNL, she began to see a pattern. There were cups everywhere. Next, she made up even more horrifying discovery. In weekend update offices, which were like the smarter but meaner older brother of the regular writer's offices, there weren't any cups. There was a jar. It was a jar of piss with a lid on it. And judging by its consistency, I suspect that the writers sometimes spat into it. I'm going to throw up. Or that one of them was terribly ill. You could see, oh my God, I feel like my mouth's watering. You could see it when you come in the door, backlit by the afternoon sun. And at first I thought it was a test. If you saw the piss jar and dared to ignore it and continued into the room, you were welcomed. Welcome is too strong a word. You were one of the guys? Nope. You know what? I'm just projecting. It couldn't have been a test because you really didn't give a fuck whether you just came into that room or not. I don't like, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't, actually don't even have words. How disgusting. So she's saying like, if you were cool with it, then you passed the test. Is that what she means? I believe so. Oh my God. Are men okay? <laughs> And just breaking news, I guess, from Pop Crave, Tory Lanez has decided to not testify in his trial for allegedly shooting Meg the Stallion. Of course, he's not going to fucking testify. Wow, shocker. So we're going to jump to 2012, and this is a blind item. This actor had a sweet gig that lasted longer than usual. Good pay, the ability to work with top names, lots of creative freedom, plus time to do other projects on the side. Overall, it was a sweet gig. So what did he do? He quit. A couple of flops later, though, and he's panicking. He's now begging for his old job back. What a dick. And that's Andy Samberg. And he always fucking bothered me. Andy always seemed like a dick. I really, really wanted to fuck him, though. (laughs) (laughs) I can't express to you how, like, I always say I don't have a type. But when it comes to a man that looks like Andy Samberg, that knows Oh my God, those teeth. I love me some Andy Samberg, unfortunately. So now we're in 2013, and this is another just note from Ranker.com, which is interesting. When Jason Sudeikis left SNL in 2013, he faded into the night like a weary ghost. Sudeikis didn't make it a secret that he wanted to leave, and the casting crew were truly shocked when he simply faded into the background and didn't have a goodbye sketch. So usually, like, even with Cecily Strong, who's another one of my favorites, I need to put her on my list. She's one I'm like, am I attracted to her? Or what is, like... I want to be you, yeah. 
it's all of it, I think. But um, there was no goodbye special for him at all because mm. the cast fucking hated Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? I could have. <laughs> I don't think I hate anyone as much as him. That's so funny. I know. It's like so weird. <laughs> he just wasn't funny to me at all. His like judge thing where he's like, I'm the judge in Louisiana. Oh my God. Uh, and he always, I just have a problem with somebody who always plays the straight guy. Like he's always the one judging the silly person. Yes. Like, it's like, you're annoying. Why are you always playing the one that's like, I'm going to, I'm going to stop myself. Cause this, I'll, I'll go off. No, do it. <laughs> This actress is A-list, definite, not a question about it. And she is A-plus name recognition, mostly television. She's a little goofy, no question about that. When someone has stars in the ceiling of her bedroom because she likes to see them light up in her room at her age, you have to wonder if she had the chance to ever fully embrace adulthood. She may try to act innocent or give the impression that she has not messed around with the entire crew, but she has. Guys who think that they would not stand a chance with the actress get her phone number. They can text her and call her and flirt with her. And if you make her laugh, well, then you have a pretty good chance of getting to sleep with her. She likes to have a contest of sorts on the shows that she's worked on and also garnered a serious flirt and play reputation once when she guest starred on this longtime hit network show. The entire cast of men on the show got one week to flirt with her and do their best to get her attention. But when that end of the week party happened, there was only one guy who got to take her back to her hotel. Looking at him, you would think to yourself that the B-list actress slash celebrity slash comedian that she had picked was kind of an odd choice. But again, it goes back to making her laugh. They dated all of one night. She is not known for her long-term relationships. That is Jennifer Love Hewitt and Chris Kattan. Wow. <laughs> okay all right so now we're jumping into 2014 and i learned of this feud and, and was immediately obsessed okay this former almost a plus list mostly television actress who went from late nights to movies to prime time now does a little bit of everything what she and her best friend don't do though is talk to this a plus list mostly movie actor who started in roughly the same spot as his frequent co-stars there's definitely a war between two sides and you have to clearly come down on one side or the other if you are from their group. So that's Tina Fey and Amy Poehler having a feud with Adam Sandler. That's interesting. So one thing about me is an I'm an Adam Sandler girl. I grew up watching all of his movies. Do I think he has the best movies ever? No. Will I laugh through Waterboy? Yes. Oh, yeah. But I was shocked by that because I've always heard Adam was like a good guy. Right. And it doesn't say he's not a good guy. It just says there's a feud. It's just interesting because it's like I would picture it's funny because I would picture anybody that feuds with Tina is also feuding with Amy. True. Like that's just how I always pictured it in my head. So it's just funny that that's kind of like confirmed. <laughs> there was some very interesting after party action going on in a major American city this past weekend. An older actress is making her move on a younger male musician, stroking his face and whispering in his ear. When he rejected her advances, she simply proceeded on to another member from the same group. By the way, it didn't seem that she was looking for a boyfriend. Just a one night fling. Our spy left the party before 3 a.m., so we didn't know if the actress succeeded or not. 
However, given that at least one of the boys she was hitting on is gay, we don't know if she ever really had a chance. <laughs> that's funny. So that's Kristen Wiig, and she was hitting on Harry Styles. That's hilarious. Now we're in 2016. The second this former tweener turned B plusless singer got off stage at a recent television appearance, she and her assistant went behind a screen, and our singer did several quick lines of coke. And allegedly, that is when Selena was hosting Saturday Night Live. Wow. Don't do drugs in the office. Back in the day, you could do anything in these offices. But now, this long-running television show has very strict rules. You break them and you are fired as one actor on the show recently discovered. And that's John Rudinsky getting fired. Oh, I remember him. Yeah, wow. You know, it's weird when people show up and then they just disappear. Like... And then you forget. Yeah, he's he's like really cute. Huh. This B plus list, mostly movie actor who all of you know, had a hooker on standby all week behind the scenes of this show. Whenever he had a break, he'd hook up with her. And that's when good old Casey Affleck was hosting SNL. Casey Affleck would probably be like a James Franco episode, honestly. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And anyone who doesn't know, we do have a James Franco episode on Patreon. It's one that Troy and I had to like fully shower after. Not together, <laughs> of course, not together. <laughs> We're now in 2019. The return last night would never have been possible during the reign of this actress slash writer slash producer who starred on the same show forever. She made slash makes you choose sides as to whether you were against the actor or with the actor. If you were slash are with him, you were slash are shunned. Wow. And that's Adam Sandler and Tina Fey. That's so interesting. I would love to know more about that. There's a buzz that if this late night show doesn't get their ratings up, that this season could be its last. After so many years, I thought it would be ratings proof, but apparently not. Last season hit some all-time series lows and the unthinkable is starting to become thinkable. And I guess the start of 2019, I mean, their SNL's ratings aren't great. Ever. Ever. And they don't even, it's not even on Hulu anymore. That's mm-hmm. where I feel like a lot of people watched it. They, I think it got moved to Peacock. Yeah, to me, it's just one of those shows that's like, it's an institution. It just, like, it's like The Simpsons. Like, I don't think many people are watching The Simpsons, but like, it's just on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and like enough people watch that it'll probably, I don't know. I don't, I don't think SNL will ever, I feel like they always say that, like, this is the year. You never, like, SNL could get canceled. They always say that in blind items, but. I don't think it's true. And almost every episode has at least one viral moment. Yeah. And like, that's, that show is so like, people are fickle when they watch that show. It's like, depending on who's on it or like the cast at the time, like if it's a great cast, they get more ratings. You know what I mean? Honestly, it's almost like our show. When we cover someone, someone doesn't know, we don't get as many listens. Yeah. Like, why would you tune in to watch somebody that you don't care about? You know? Mm. Doing your drugs in the set of a television show is one thing. Full on looking for a vein in your dressing room to use your drugs is another. This late night actor needs rehab. And that, of course, is Pete Davidson. And the following line is also about Pete. This late night actor slash comic who became much more famous than he should have last year is back to using again. And I always wonder why Lauren was like so protective of him. Like, did he care or did he just know Pete brought ratings? Yeah, I don't know. He must have cared because Pete is not enough of like a grounding force on that show. Like you can tell when Lauren loves something, the way he loved Kristen Wiig. Mm -hmm. 
Orange was obsessed with Kristen, right? I don't, I feel like he wasn't like obsessed with Pete in that way. It was had to have been just like concern. Yeah. And honestly, they've had so many deaths of SNL cast members from drugs and stuff. So now in 2020, a rarest of rare events the other day when this A plus A list actor who thought he was going to get an Oscar nomination this past year doing an event with this pair of comic actresses who are also A list. The actresses and the actor have been in a forever long feud, but managed to set it aside for one night only. And that, of course, is Adam, Tina, and Amy. And they set it aside for the at-home edition of SNL. That's hilarious because they're not even in the same room. I know. <laughs> Don't forget, people seem to have forgotten that this a list mostly movie actor who had a turn through television this past weekend dated a 16-year-old when he was nearly 30. Oh, and there was a 15-year-old who he was hooking up with as part of an acting role, but also kept up off screen, even though he was a decade older. So that's when Brad Pitt was hosting SNL, and it's a throwback to when he was dating Juliette Lewis and Shalene McCall. Juliette Lewis and Brad were a wild moment. Yeah. Many years ago on this show, Saturday Night Live, that has started so many careers, this at the time writer, Bob Ordenkirk, who was now more famous as an actor, and this more senior actor slash writer, Al Franken, who had another career, United States Senator from Minnesota, did not like each other. This culminated in an argument wherein the actor slash writer threw a mug at the writer who was now an actor. More recently, the actor slash writer ran into trouble in his new profession courtesy of a scandal and his career has ended at least for now. The writer now actor who currently plays an iconic character, Saul Goodman, that started on a very popular TV show, Breaking Bad, and has spun off into its own show, Better Call Saul had mugs made with a photograph of the actor slash actor in an embarrassing position, a photo that has widely circulated. He gave them out to all the cast and crew of his show. That's hilarious. And I always forget that he was like a part of SNL. That's so funny. This married, highly educated comic who spent time on that late night show loves to hook up with college students when he comes into their town. He searches for them on social media and then hits on them until one says yes. And that's John Mulaney, but they're referring to him being on Saturday Night Live. As you guys can see, we just grabbed whatever blinds at Saturday Night Live, but it's still fun because it's a little oh, yeah. bit of everyone. Well, I forgot to tell you, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> this foreign-born former A-plus tweener is about to name names of those who abused him when he was underage. And these are going to be some big names. And that was in reference to Justin Bieber, I guess, at the around the time when he had performed on SNL. Do you remember he was like crying? I believe he was really upset during it. And everyone thought that this was going to be the moment where he really talked about his abuse in Hollywood. Yeah, I thought it was going to be the moment. I was like, this is it. This is it. This is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who was to say maybe he was, but like, you know, maybe he got silenced and wasn't able to. Bill Hader did say Justin Bieber was his least favorite guest of all time. Yeah. But I think it was when he did his first, not not this current one. So did Chelsea Handler on her show. Oh, yeah. Chelsea Handler hates Justin Bieber. Yeah. The showrunner has coveted this former A-plus list, mostly movie actor, for literally three decades. When he finally landed him, though, he thought it was going to be amazing. But he's been disappointed every step of the way. 
So that's Lorne Michaels finally having Jim Carrey on SNL to play Joe Biden. I actually don't like when they have actors come in to play like presidents and stuff. I don't know why. For some reason, it bugs me. It's not a cast member. It doesn't bother me, but it does get old when they do because then the person has to come back over and over and over and over and over. Unless it's like Larry David. I don't want to see him. Yeah. Larry's great. This former A plus list mostly movie actor who was the highest paid actor in the world is leaving a trail of sexual harassment from the show that he is leaving. And that is Jim Carrey. Well, Jim Carrey will get an episode and we're going to ruin Jim for you, everybody. Yeah. I said that with like a big smile. (laughs) (laughs) We are now in 2021. It's not an exaggeration that the original cast and crew of this long-running show everyone knows that has launched a million careers at the beginning had a contentious relationship with the network they were on. They were just becoming a sensation and the network was not ready for many of their ideas for the show, their behavior, and all that went along with it. This A-lister who created this show and is still associated with it arranged a lunch to cool tensions. A number of network brass were there as well as the cast members and important crew. During the lunch, a production assistant went looking for the now deceased A-plus list at the time, original cast member, who was known for being a bit out of control and found him in the kitchen with his pants around his ankles, vigorously humping a cake that was to be served later. The cake was indeed served later to the unaware network people, although the A-plus cast member did warn most of the fellow cast members to not eat it. That's SNL, Lauren Michaels, and John Belushi. The thing about boys clubs, (laughs) (laughs) the thing about boys clubs that people don't take into account is that it's not all about how you're getting like harassed and shit. Like men are vile. Right. Like it's that you have to deal with shit like that. It's like you have to walk into an office and walk past a piss and spit jar but you can't talk about it because the boys don't want you to ruin the 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 vibe get a fucking hold of yourselves fellas enough so now we're in 2022 and this is something i found out during the rehearsal allegedly found out so apparently chris red who was on the show for a few seasons was kicked off the show because keenan thompson's wife cheated with Chris Red, and now she's dating him. And once those allegations came out, Chris was immediately fired from the show. And then there was another recent blind item saying Keenan Thompson is now dating like a freshman in college, allegedly. That's crazy because they were like friends. Yeah. Like Chris Red and Keenan always wrote sketches together. Damn, SNL so messy. Boys I Club love- again, it's no good. Yeah. And then this is the final blind. In 2022, this former late night actress turned A-list everything else behind the scenes is probably not going to get the job that she wants. After her deposition implicated a former boss in the big grooming scandal. And that's Tina Fey. Interesting. Yeah, so now Tina Fey and Seth Meyers have also, if you guys don't know this, this is trigger warning. Horatio Sands is currently being accused of grooming a teenager. And it's said that Tracy Morgan saw it, Lauren Michaels saw it, Tina Fey, Seth Meyers, Jimmy Fallon. They've all allegedly seen this, witnessed it happen and didn't do anything to stop it. And 
Tina and Seth were just added to the case in August. So it hasn't like gone to trial or anything, but it seems like they're building a pretty solid case against SNL cast members who witnessed it. And it sounds like from reading like on Reddit that SNL cast members are known for hooking up with really, really young girls. Mm-hmm. I've always heard like crazy rumors just about like the sex stuff that goes on and that like people will just be like fucking in the offices in the middle of, in the midst of writing or like having like escorts and stuff come in and like, it's just crazy. We will definitely do another SNL grab bag episode. I mean, yeah. it just sounds like such a dark energy, evil place. Yeah. It's also crazy too when you think about it because like SNL, if that is, if this happens and like everybody involved gets in trouble for knowing that, that this was going on, it would be a really big deal, obviously, because it's like major, but also like that never happens. Right. We always talk about how the people that, that turn a blind eye or um, help orchestrate stuff like that for people never get in trouble or implicated like they just distance themselves and don't talk about it anymore so this is like crazy what do you think will happen it seems like Horatio Sands is fucked honestly after reading some articles like he sent a bunch of text messages in 2019 apologizing to her saying how remorseful he is how sorry I mean There's like a paper trail of him admitting to doing it, allegedly admitting to doing it. I don't, I don't know the terms we should be using, but. I don't know what'll happen. I mean, you're right. He does seem fucked, but I wonder how like the people that are also involved, like what, what would happen to them if they knew he was like grooming a child? I don't know. I don't know law. (laughs) I know. I I don't get it, but that's interesting. It's just interesting. It's like, it would be. This never, ever, ever happened. So it would just be really wild to see everybody have to be accountable for it and not just the person, even though all these people knew. Right. I guess we'll see. Justice for that girl, though. Absolutely. Well, guys, this is our last episode of 2022. This is wild. I can't believe it. It's crazy. And thank you so much for listening. Troy and I do not take this for granted for a second we are grossly i've told you before that we are grossly obsessed with you creepily we don't want you to know how much because it might scare you away i i'm not a hugger but i would hug everyone who listens that's okay <laughs> joy's only maybe gotten a hug or two from me that's true and i'm a hug if it, if it is it's because of me because i'm a hugger <laughs> yeah, i love hugging i will hug all of you and lift you up off the ground <laughs> well, do you have any resolutions troy any resolutions for 2023 Do you have anything you want to leave in 2022? I guess like it's so cliche uh, to say this, but I really do want to like, I used to be able to blame my like not focus on health on my like working. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about doing this now is that it's like freed up a lot of like time in my life to focus on doing this. But like also I need to like focus on my health more too. I quit smoking. Congratulations. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to make it a big deal, but I quit smoking like before Thanksgiving and I haven't since. And yeah, so, you know, just little things, baby steps. For me, I think I think I let people treat me a certain way. Certain people treat me a certain way that I shouldn't have put up with. Mm -hmm. So I want to leave that in 2022 and kind (laughs) of 
Stop being a little bitch <laughs> for 2023. <laughs> oh, listen, baby steps. We're all we're all making our way. We're all growing up, guys. Yeah, we're doing no matter. Good. Also, everyone, if you don't know, we've took our edibles for the stoner episode, and they're hidden. <laughs> <laughs> They're edible in, but we love you guys so much. And we hope you have a safe holiday, safe new year. Don't drink and drive. Call an Uber. And if you get any fun, like beyond the blinds centric gifts for Christmas. Yeah. Celebrity things, books or things like that. Let us know. I just want to know if you, if, if anybody gifts you, uh, who was it that we just found out started as a new perfume? Ashley Benson. If anybody gives you Ashley Benson's perfume, <laughs> make sure to um, reach out. But we love you guys so much. Thank you for making 2022 the best year that we could ever imagine. Yes, we love, 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 love you. And we will see you next year. Bye. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.